we go about our days. Um, as I was driving in today, I was thinking of all of my inadequacies and all the times where I have um, missed an opportunity uh, to do and, and what God might want me to do. And um, I've always, you know, people have said to me many times, boy, you're really easy on yourself because I, I forgive myself very quickly. Uh, but I just know God doesn't want me living in my failures. He wants me to live in his victory. Uh, and I can't be the best servant for him if I'm beaten down. Uh, Satan wants me beaten down. Satan wants me to focus on my failures. God wants me to focus on his victory. And so um, if you're struggling, if you've got difficulties, remember it's not your strength. It, it's God's strength. And uh, so when we feel an, an inadequate, we're right. <laughs> we are inadequate. Uh, but fortunately, we know the one who's adequate. Uh, so uh, you don't have to. And, and that's, that leads into what we're dealing here in this season. This is the season of expectation, celebration, and hope. Uh, it, it's the Advent season. Um, the history of the Advent season, uh, it's, uh, the word came about from a Latin word, ad, Adventus. Uh, the word means arrival or coming. In this instance, this, the coming of the Messiah in Jesus Christ. Advent is a season of expectation, celebration, and hope connected to the birth of the prophesied Messiah and the promise of Christ's subsequent ministry and to anticipate the second coming of Jesus and his eternal kingdom. That, that anticipation of the second coming of Jesus and eternal kingdom is the subject of this week's Advent, and that is hope. And this is not the hope that the world talks about. Like, I hope I'll be able to afford a new car, or I hope I'll get that job, or I hope. Those are, those are hope in the context of the world, thinking, you know, I, I hope this will come about. The hope we have of Jesus Christ returning and establishing his eternal kingdom is an assured hope. It's, it's accomplished. Jesus said it is finished. So it's not something we have to question. Now, what we need to also keep in mind is that was true of the Messiah's coming. That was prophesied in the Old Testament. And it was promised that he was coming. But the world fell into despair and and people started doubting or wondering and a lot of people then missed it when the messiah was walking among them because they weren't paying attention we need to not fall into that although we do we we have a tendency to forget that hope that it's assured that it's not a question I found myself sometimes, and I, you know, and I'm embarrassed, but I, but 
I find myself sometimes thinking, well, I don't want it to happen today because what about, I, what, I would miss this. Can you believe that? <laughs> that there is anything? I mean, Thursday or Friday. If Jesus had returned, we would have missed that state championship. That's our worldly minds. But we do that. We think in terms of that because we, we value, and, and I, 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 by the way, I am not diminishing that championship. It just pales. <laughs> it pales in comparison to the victory that's already been won, that's assured, and that we're looking forward to. This is that season of hope. Now, I want, this was not my message, but that's what was fed into by the song and by what we declare. Uh, and it fits in with the message. And sometimes the message that God lays on my mind as I'm sitting here is better than the one I prepared. Uh, so uh, so I, I, I tend to want to share it if he, if he laid it on me. But I do also want to start now. My message largely today is going to be just reading scripture to you because I want to reveal this story. And I'm going to start with a, a prophecy that was written in the book of Ezekiel, the prophecy, prophet Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel 34 11 through 16, and 20 through 24. You know what? I missed my first page. So I, I, I did want to start with a psalm. I called it my call to worship, but I got sidetracked. But the psalm is important uh, uh, to the message, so I don't want to forget that. Psalm 100, um, I call it a call to worship. Uh, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. I want to start with that because that's a call to worship. It talks about creation and the restoration and the promise of eternal kingdom. All within that psalm. And it also lays a bit of a groundwork in the, in the words that it uses in referencing God and who we are in relationship to God. Now let me go to Ezekiel, the prophecy in Ezekiel. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they are scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. 
I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend to them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. For the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I want you to see that the, the carrying through of the themes there. Uh, but the most important theme from this prophecy is the promise that God's going to do it. Does he ever say in there, if you do this or that? Does he ever say, as long as you are good enough? His promise is, I will do it. I now want to share with you words from Jesus from John. Gospel of John 10, 1 through 18. And I want you to see how this carries through. I don't have to teach it. The word speaks it. Very truly, I, I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Now I want to stop there. The Pharisees didn't understand because they had their own agenda. They had their own conception of the way things ought to be. And what's what we have to avoid we have to trust the Word of God and what He's telling us and not try to figure out, wait a minute, i got to do this, i got to do that. Yeah, there are ways we should be, and, and there are ways we ought to behave. But we've got to remember in whom the promise rests. It's not in my ability. It's in God's ability, and it's His promise. And we have to keep that in mind. The Pharisees, as you get into Scripture, you will see they were heaping all kinds of rules and regulations, and they were focusing on those things, and they were holding people in that. Jesus was responding to them and saying, you're not the way in. I am the way. So we put that in context, and let me go on with the Scripture. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life 
and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired man and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. You see how this is the scriptures tying all together. And it's, it, it's all telling the same story. And it's a story we need to write on our hearts. Have it written on our hearts. Have it etched in our brains. That we don't get swept away by the lies of the thief. That we don't get trapped up by those things that trouble my mind where I'm thinking I'm inadequate. I can tell you, I do not forgive myself easily because I deserve it. But I've learned to trust the one who deserves my praise. And he tells me to forgive myself. And so I do. Because he has things he wants me to do. And I can't do them if I'm beating myself up. If I'm letting people tell me what's wrong with me. He wants me to listen to what's right with me through him. That's what the promise is. That's our hope. Our hope isn't that I can do it. (laughs) Our hope is that he did it. And that's our assured hope. As I said today, I'm largely letting the verses from Scripture speak. And I accept they do not need special words from me. But we just need to let the truth settle into our hearts and our minds. These verses demonstrate the eternal plan of God to restore his creation. To reclaim us and to bring us home. We are the sheep of his pasture. The fact we are here demonstrates you have heard his call. You know, the fact that you're present here means you've heard the call. You may not have fully understood it yet. You may not have fully grasped it yet. But you are here. You've responded to his voice. He's told you that means you're his. So don't doubt it. Don't question it. Don't let someone tell you otherwise. Accept his promise. This is proof you belong to his family. 
so the outcome's no longer in your hands. It's finished. He's accomplished it. Now he wants you to live in that victory. You can be assured. Jesus laid down his life for you. He said so. You heard the words. You heard the, the prophecy. You heard Jesus' words. And we're aware of his actions. So don't doubt it. Don't let this world, like a thief, steal that from you and relegate you to a life of feeling inadequate. I don't, I don't have, people think I've got confidence. I don't have confidence in me. But I have confidence in Jesus' promises, in God's power to do what he says he'll do. And so I stand on that. Uh, it, it, you know, I actually boast about that. I won't boast in me, but I will boast in the one who gives me the power to be up here and speak. Uh, he gives me the words. He gives me the message. And he gives me the authority. And so I don't apologize for boasting about that. <laughs> you know, when I make mistakes, those are mine. <laughs> and I, and, and I, I, I make them. But he doesn't make mistakes. And he says I'm his. And so therefore, I boast in that, that I'm his. This is an assured hope that Jesus made a way for us and will return to bring us home. Will it be today? Maybe. Will it be tomorrow? Maybe. We don't know when. We just know it will be. And so we live in that promise and we live in that assurance I emphasize this hope is an assured hope. It's not the hope the way the world defines hope. It is finished. Jesus was and is the light that shines in the darkness. That light is our eternal hope. Today we celebrate that hope. Even as there continues to be darkness in this present world, because we know the true light has overcome the darkness and is calling us home, and we choose to live in this light. This is what we celebrate in Advent. It's a season of weeks where we emphasize aspects about this eternal hope. Uh, the first candle we're going to light today is the candle of hope. And again, it's not a hope of, I hope, this will someday come true. It's we light it, acknowledging the light that has come into this world and that that gives us that assured hope. And we celebrate Advent. The reason the church does what sometimes could be considered almost gimmicky things, you know, why, why we have lectionaries and why we do things is some good 
wise people have <laughs> realized that structuring in things way reminds us. And why we do this every year is because, frankly, we need to do it every year. <laughs> why do we go to church every Sunday? It's because we do need to be renewed. It's not an obligation. It's, we need it to feed our hearts and our minds because this world will beat us down. And so we do Advent, again, to celebrate the, what this is about, what the season is about. There are people out there who will argue with you that we're celebrating at the wrong time of the year. You know, that, that maybe we should be celebrating it more in March or something. Uh, you know, and I don't really care. I'll let them celebrate in March if they want to. And I'll, if, frankly, if they invite me, I'll celebrate with them in March too. Because I don't care exactly when. What I care about is the why. <laughs> and so we celebrated at this time. And I don't apologize for that. Again, I think we could do it every month. And I don't think there'd be anything wrong with that. In fact, in our hearts and our minds, our worship should always be that. It's always celebrating his victory and the fact that we have that assured hope that we're going to live in that eternal kingdom with him and that these broken hips, bad knees, struggles of all other kinds will no longer exist. That our light and momentary troubles of this world will be gone and we will live with him in his eternal kingdom forever. We celebrate that that is our future. And it isn't in question. It is finished. Not because you deserve it, but because he loves you. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is what we celebrate. And so that's why we do this. It's not a ritual. It's not a requirement. Uh, it is that we are wanting to, again, remind ourselves of what we're celebrating in this season. Because, again, this season can get so busy. We can get so wrapped up, and we can forget what it's about. We, we can think it's about getting and receiving, giving and receiving presents, that it's about decorating our house better than somebody else, that that it's about, you know, at, gathering together as family. That it is a little bit about, is gathering together as family. But, but only if we're actually gathering together as family to celebrate the meaning of the season. And we've got to remember that. And so in our gatherings, uh, hopefully we bring that forth. I, I'm not against presents and things. It, it, it's, and, and so frankly, if you all want to give me presents... <laughs> I will graciously accept them. But I, no, I actually tell people, don't get me presents. I, I mean, I, 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 even, even among my family. I, you know, it, I'd rather you be present. I'd rather you come. And, and that's because that's what it's about. It's about family. Family in our present sense, but more importantly, our eternal family. And celebrating that. And in your family gatherings, if there's someone who hasn't yet experienced that, then it's about you infecting them with that. 
It's about helping them to come to know why you're celebrating the season, why you're so joyous even when this world seems like it's falling apart. I mean, in this time of season, last year when we had this season, we were in the midst of this pandemic and all, well, you know, what's the world going to be? And we're not out of that completely. Uh, this year we've got wars all over the place again. Uh, okay. I'm going to start over again because you guys didn't hear me. <laughs> it's fun to laugh with the Lord. But that's why we do it. And, and so we celebrate, we remind ourselves, we go over this year after year. Uh, uh, we repeat things, uh, but it's because, sadly, we need to repeat things. Uh, we forget, and it's so easy. It's so easy for this world to, to break us down. Again, I mean, when you listen to the news, I'm not, you know, I get beaten down. I worry where is the hope, but there I'm thinking about where is the hope in the moment. In the moment, I, I don't doubt where the hope is eternally, but uh, I mean it, it is. You know, we're asked to pick sides in in battles that uh, you know. There's no side I want to pick other than God's side, uh, and uh, you know, and I don't want anybody to die. <laughs> I, I don't want anybody to suffer. Uh, and so my prayer is uh, that, that God brings peace and finds a way. Uh, I know he will bring peace, and I know he finds a way. Uh, and I have to keep that in mind when this, sometimes I just don't watch the news because it, it doesn't do me any good. Now, although once in a while it's important because then you know what to pray about. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to the news so you can figure out what to pray for. <laughs> it's it's the it's the only real reason to watch it, and then to learn that Snyder won the state championship. And there's, there's 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 other good reasons too. Uh, so, uh, so we're going to write light the first candle of Advent this week. Uh, we didn't pick anybody. Pick away, okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to um, selfishly pick a. A group of people, since Mary and Tim made it here for this week, and we're not critical that they don't always make it. They live a long ways away, and uh, and fortunately, with the uh, blessing of the internet, people can participate even when they live far away. I loved it when I was actually in a jury trial up in South Bend. I was able to join in with Sunday worship when I was out of town, and so. It is a blessing, but we're going to, I'm going to call up, um, actually,